We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Chuck Chiono, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me today. Well, it's an honor. It's an honor. You are the president and CEO of First Contact Marketing. Yes. And uh, you're doing a lot of cool stuff in the marketing space. Um, Interestingly, we met through through uh, our buddy uh, Mike. We were on the same summit a couple of weeks ago with yeah. Kim. <laughs> so it's like full circle. Let's just have a podcast and talk about what we do. And That's I think right. What's great is you were chatting a little bit ahead of time uh, related to kind of like what your expertise is and what my expertise is. Turns out we we have similar expertise when it comes to messaging, positioning, branding, offers mostly strat- marketing strategy that not a lot of people really are good at. I think one time someone asked me, you know, how, how many people do you think can do kind of what you do? And I'm like, eh, maybe 5% of marketers have that strategy thing. And mm-hmm. I think I've met another one, <laughs> which I'm excited about. It's a hard gig, right? But uh, Yeah, absolutely. Before we kind of dive into all that stuff and geek out on all that. Um, as I always like to say, you know, I only got one question. I'm a pretty simple guy. Why don't you tell us how you got to do what you're doing today? Yeah. So interesting story. I was running a company and I was doing a lot of the marketing part, but we hadn't, I hadn't yet stepped into like lead generation and some of the digital stuff. And so I, like a lot of entrepreneurs that are maybe listening, I hired an outside company who made these big promises and didn't really deliver. And what I found was a lot of them were just doing the same cookie cutter, generic strategies. Um, but what was happening is that I found the messaging wasn't really attracting the right client, the people I wanted to do business with, or it just wasn't generating enough leads. And unfortunately, you know, my job as the owner, you know, owner's president CEO of that company was to generate enough leads for my sales team to generate enough revenue to support the business and themselves. And so it got to the point where one of my top salespeople came to me and said, you know what, this just isn't working. You're not delivering and I need to support my family. And that was a tough one to swallow. And so at that point, I decided, you know, I need to become the expert. I'm not going to rely on other people. So I invested a lot of time, money, energy into basically finding some of the top digital marketers I can find so I can learn 
these processes that did work so I can have systems I can replicate. And at that point also, I really wanted to help other entrepreneurs at the same time. I really enjoy the coaching and consulting aspect of the business. And so over time, then that developed and I actually then implemented that as one of my main parts of my business is actually helping other entrepreneurs, other companies uh, with that, the offers, the messaging, the overall strategy, because well, I've been doing this for about uh, over 20 years now. So I've oh, learned wow. a few things along the way, yes, um, you, huh? act, <laughs> acting as a consulting company agency for the last 10. So there's some things and I'm constantly testing, but it just, it's fun because it's always changing. It's challenging, but my brain kind of likes that part of it. Yeah, like yeah. We were talking a little bit before, you know, we hit record that, you know, I have an engineering degree. So engineer by training, as I always like to say, entrepreneur by nature. Ooh, you know, so cool. Yeah. yeah great marketing, right? <laughs> yeah. And um, I got into the gig because of my late wife, who everyone that listens to the show knows about, you know, her name was Jane. Uh, she died six years ago from leukemia. Uh, part of that struggle was like we had to sustain ourselves and she had a PR and marketing company and she literally like verbatim, verbatim, you got to suck it up buttercup and you're going to have to run JSY PR marketing. I'm, mm. I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. Right. But what was interesting is that, you know, as an engineer, we solve problems and puzzles. This is like, that's the whole job is like, if there's no problems to solve. Engineers become really like aggravated. And the saving grace was I could write okay. You know, I had really pretty decent, you know, I now write a lot better. I've got books and stuff. But you're right. It's like this, this, it's constantly changing. It is always a, it's, it's the hardest nut to crack in any business. I think I can't think of any company I've ever worked at where it's like, Oh, we have a technology problem. We never have a technology problem. We always have a market. Who gives a shit about this problem? Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm just curious, like over these past 20 years, I mean, what is it about? Why why don't people like learn, like under, either understand this or pay more attention to it? Because you look at everyone's like offers, especially in SaaS. It's like, these are awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the big thing is people like to make it about them mm. and talk about them. And if, you know, I deal with, solopreneurs all the way up to multi, multi-million dollar companies. And it, and they all struggle with the exact same thing, how to properly explain what I call the four pillars. <clears throat> Here's who I am, what I do, the problem I solve, that's the biggest struggle, and how I'm different from the competition. And your copy, your sales copy, your marketing materials, even in your conversation when you're speaking with someone, you really need to address those types of things. And if it's a big company, I've found, I don't know, your experience is probably the same, is they like to use what I call that corporate speak, corporate babble. It makes them feel good using these big corporate terms, but guess what? Nobody cares. Nobody speaks like that. Or if they're, let's say a coach or a consultant and they're using transformational this or just words that are industry buzzword terms. Buzzword bingo. I call it buzzword. My, my fiance now, Minerva, she calls it buzzword bingo. Yeah. And nobody, nobody talks like that in real life. They don't care. It's, if everything is, I don't know, on the... Now, on the East Coast, almost all the radio stations are start with a W. And I had one of my mentors a long time ago go, what's every prospect's favorite radio station? Is W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? Basically, why should I care? And <laughs> I so, love it. I love it. So, right? So in your copy, you need to address the what's in it for me from the prospect standpoint. And why should I care about you? Because nobody, nobody wants to hear... Oh, we're the greatest, or we put our customers first, or customer service is top, our technology is the top. Nobody cares, nobody believes you. 
because that's all about you because everyone says the same thing. So what I've found really makes the difference is don't be cliche. Don't say the same things or write the same things that all your other competitors are going to claim. Don't make it about you, make it about them. And when you hit pain points, because let's face it, people buy on emotion mainly, right? So I'm really big proponent in the frameworks that I use that we use emotional words. Like I'll give you an example. Well, I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed. I'm frustrated, right? Those are things that people can relate to. And when you use those terms, you're going to connect with them on an emotional level, number one, and odds are really high that they're going to connect with one or more of those if you're, if you're using that. And they're going to go, that guy gets me, right? Or that woman gets me or that he, all, you know, whoever it is, that yeah. company gets me. Right. And because they're, ident- they're realizing what my real pain is, what my need is. And then what is the solution? Then you present the solution that takes away the pain or meets the need. And that's yeah. really the secret sauce. I know. And, and yet people still screw this up. They do. They I do. Wonder, what is the, what is the intellectual <laughs> jump? I, I, I have a, I have a theory on this. I, I just would, I would love to hear what you have to say because there's a chasm between that that is vast and, yeah. you know, you and I are both in the consulting area. So obviously our job is to convince people this is the right idea. Now I'm just curious, like what's the barrier? What, what is it? Do you think? Sometimes it's ego. Sometimes it's ego. Um, the other thing is it's the way they've been doing it forever. And it's, I think it's even a little harder when they have bigger budgets because they're used to just having money go out and not getting the great return. Uh, on what they're doing. And so it's not as important versus if it's a smaller company or individual, then they're more money conscious as far as that goes. Um, it's a lot of times I found in companies, the marketing person never really had any kind of real sales training or marketing training to understand human psychology or more importantly, sales psychology. And so it's just the way that it's done. And they see the competitors doing equally poor jobs. So they figure, oh, ours is kind of like theirs. So you really, you got to educate them on the sales psychology aspect of it, because that's really what it boils down to in a lot of the, um, you know, marketing and then strategy too, right? They don't understand lead nurturing. How important it is. It's just, it's just as important actually it more than the initial lead generation, because the reality is only a very small percentage of people are going to convert or take that desired action up front. Right. And it's just human nature. I mean, sales, even way back when, Sales training would, there's an old saying, I can't remember who, who said it, but you know, 80% of sales are converted on the fifth or more contact. Well, in 2023 is more like the 12th or 15th. And so if you're only stopping at two times or three times, if that, and then wondering why you're not getting any results. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, it's so fascinating. You know, um, there was, you know who Claude Hopkins is? Have you heard of Claude Hopkins? I've heard the name, but I'm not sure exactly what he is. Scientific advertising. Okay. You wrote a book. I have it, I think, somewhere. I love the books. This is a really, really old. This was, yeah, it's this one. My Life in Advertising and, and Scientific Advertising. Oh, wow. I mean, the dude was like back in the day, like turn of the century, 18 something, something, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> classic sales letter, you know, like Gary Halbert and all those guys mm-hmm. like, Hey, we're going to, you know, like, and when you brought up the whole idea of like the pain you're solving, like make it about them and not about you. Um, this guy got it. 
and and it's funny because again, this is over a hundred, hundred and twenty five years ago. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny thing is that he was selling supplements. <laughs> oh wow! So so everyone like oh supplements. Have been going on for hundreds of years, yeah. right? <laughs> and and it was always, you know, you read some of his old stuff, right? And you read some of the Gary Halbert stuff, just you know, and it's like the pain that you're like, it's always about the person that's reading it, you yeah. know. It's always about that emotional appeal, the 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 grab your heartstrings and shake it, like, oh, do you really, you know, like there's a famous one, Gary Halbert wrote a letter to sell uh, timeshares in Maui or something like oh, some wow. crazy, right? Like when they said letters, right? And the way he wrote it was like, he would get a little baggie of sand and staple it. <laughs> Wouldn't it, what would it feel like if you mm-hmm. could, you know, vacation in your own condo and feel the sand, but you know, like, cause that was this emotional appeal. Yeah. You know? The origination of lumpy mail, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's the little bags of sand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or they put the little penny. I'm, I'm sure yeah. like you're, you're, pro- you're around my age. So you probably know all the little, Tricks they used to use, like, oh, yeah, yeah. mail, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the strategy, important. Um, so how do you how do you take clients through that? I mean, how, how's, do, you know, what, what are some of the frameworks that you use? Like, because I have the same problem. Like, uh, to convince people to do it a different way is, like, half the job. The other, like, half the job is trying to figure out what they should say. But the other half is, like, convincing them it's the right idea. Right. It's a challenge. <clears throat> and when I used to... With, with a potential client and do basically a discovery call. And then I would give a proposal, which like, eh, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And then I came up with a process I call the digital marketing blueprint. I didn't come up with that name. That's just the term I use for my consulting process. And I, if I'm going to bring on a client, I don't bring on a client for marketing campaigns unless they go through that consulting process. Because what that enables me to do is have three good, good like one to two hour sessions where I'm going through, but it gives me the opportunity. So I have them fill out a survey and it's like, give me your USP, give me your, you know, message for this or whatever. And I, then I, it gives me the opportunity to kind of tear it apart. Um, but ask them the question, like, don't you think that all your other clients or all your other competitions saying the exact same thing? I said, would you believe that? And I'm calling them on that and I'm making them realize, oh yeah, maybe this is, there's another way. And then when I go through and really explain it, then it makes sense. So going through that consulting process gives me the opportunity to kind of break through some of those preconceived ideas and get them to kind of have a buy-in on that. So then when I actually do propose what we should be doing, like the overall marketing strategy and the components, it makes a lot more sense to them. And they understand why we need it, what the expected results are and that type of thing. So I found that I got a lot more clients that I wanted to work with because by the time I go through the process, they're not all people I necessarily want to, but it lets me filter out, but at least they get a lot of really good information and they're a lot more likely to do business with me, you know, if it's, if we, if it makes sense. So that's what I found. I kind of developed over the years that really helped me get people to open their eyes a little bit. So is that something that you charge for or is it just like... Yeah, I charge for that. And then what I do is I give them a, a small, like a credit towards if when, when they implement that type of thing. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like I know they have an internal team um, and I'm not going to be doing fulfillment stuff, which is fine. But I do the consulting and then I can go kind of an ongoing consulting kind of, I know similar like a fractional CMO type of position where I'm giving them the guidance, but helping them in, implement the frameworks that I utilize in their overall marketing, you know, campaigns and things. But then they have the internal team, but I can help guide them a little bit. So Either way is fine with me, but um, it makes it, it it's, it's a lot more fun for me because it's more of that consulting 
versus doing agency work, which it's okay, but it's not as fun as the consulting. I, that's my least favorite part. <laughs> I'd rather just be the onboard consultant and, and help them design stuff. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. The fulfillment can sometimes be a challenge because maybe it's the strategic mind. I mean, I wonder what your thoughts are on this because it's usually for me, like I, I just ruminate on like, okay, how am I going to do that? How's this going to, how's this going to fit together? I mean, I have frameworks too and all sorts of other things. But once I crack the nut and once I'm like, okay, this is, I think the good strategy, then it kind of gets boring. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, you feel the same way? Is it like, oh, well, this is easy. Yeah, come on. Up to the, you'll prove it up to the casual observer. Go ahead. You know, figure it right, out. Right, right, right. I don't need to figure this out. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not as, yeah, it gets a little bit because it's, it's more of the, um, I think our brains were similar is like, give me the challenge and I'm going to figure it out. And when I figure out a solution for it, and here you go, then it's like, all right, that was the mo most, it was the most challenging part, but it was also the most fun part um, for me to figure, figuring out what can work and how are we going to do it. And also seeing the breakthrough um, from the client's perspective is like, they finally get it and, and actually want to implement some things. So it's a, it's an ongoing process, but I, I, that's, that's, Keeps it keeps it interesting, especially when everything changes along the way. So what you did three months ago may not be working as well today. Yeah, yeah. In in how do you feel about this whole you know like the performance marketing and everyone's you know the whole classical brand versus demand and you know all the things that you just get this constant like thrash on like everyone wants like what's the ROI of this thing and you're kind of like eh well like I can't you know. I'm just curious how you deal with this because I've got a great, I've got a great story for you. Oh, cool. For that. Yeah. Fire so away. I've had, you know, over the years, I've had a lot of really good mentors and sales trainers and things. I just invest a lot of time in that. So I had this one and I love him because he's, uh, he's from down South and he, he has different ways. So let's say even social media marketing, right? You got to do it. But a lot of times there is no direct correlation to ROI. In certain branding or brand awareness, there is not a direct correlation to ROI, but you have to do it. So this is a story from him. His name is Jody. I'll give him credit. So I'll, and I've used this so many times. So let's say I have the head of the owner, business owner, or CEO, whatever, whoever I'm talking to. And they're asking this question. So, okay, let me ask you a question. Can you really effectively run your business without a phone? Technically, you could do just emails, but it's not going to work. But so I'll real put, so Jari, can you really run your business without a phone and really get to where you want to be? Probably not. Okay. So you would agree that the phone is absolutely necessary to really reach your goals in your business. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I would say for sure. Yeah. Okay. What is the ROI of your phone? What's the ROI of my phone? Can you measure it? Um, uh, I mean, it's almost like table stakes, right? <laughs> like I can't, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if I could. Because I some I calls measure. are sales calls. You're so right. you can measure dials and answers and conversation, but right. a lot of them are not. They're customer service or they're, they're having conversations, getting someone to the point of that. So the phone is imperative. And there's a lot of features that support the sale. It's the same thing with certain social media marketing or certain branding campaigns that we have to do. They're very important to get people to the sale or get them over the hump and get them off, off the fence because it's a credibility issue. They're going to check you out. They have to look, do they have, if they have no content, they created their Facebook page last week. Yeah. Are they a real company? 
they could have just started a new page, but there's a lot of things that we have to have in place for credibility because there is a lot of competition. And that's where there's no direct correlation to ROI, but it's similar to your phone. And that's how I usually when I do it, they kind of get it. And uh, but it makes yeah. sense. I just love that story because yeah, uh, it's good. it's a fun one to use, too, because you kind of, you know, especially when they're that a type driver personality and then you kind of stump them just a little bit. So yeah. that makes it more fun. Well, that's a good one. I mean, I always say. Uh, like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where there's signs of life, you know, like, like if, if, if you, I mean, I think the way, the way I handle this is like, so someone Googles your business, what will they find? Right. Right. And, you know, every single human on the planet, if they're going to do business with anyone is going to Google you or going to yeah. look you up on LinkedIn. Like I did. Oh, yeah. Let me see what Chuck's up right, to. Right. I mean, you have to do a little research for the pod, yeah. but yeah. They're going to do that. If they don't find you, that, that's a huge, massive red flag. Yes, Therefore, yes. you know, now you could debate what level, I think. And I think that's a valid what, what channel, mm-hmm. how much you should spend. Um, there's a great book called, uh, uh, it was by the guys over at Yum Brands. It's called Red. I don't know if you, R-E-D. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that name. I have not. Fantastic yeah. really? book. Okay. A plus, 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 plus. Um, you know, they were building Taco Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and you're like, how does this relate to B2B? I mean, because I'm a B2B marketing guy most. Yeah. Like, how does this relate to B2B marketing? Well, the thing about what they're doing is they are all about the brand. Like we build brand and brand is the most important thing. And all of this performance marketing stuff, okay, yeah, great. But people, they're hypothetical. They, I don't want to say they proved it, but they're going in position is, most companies spend 80% of their budget on performance marketing and 20% on brand, mm-hmm. and that's reversed. Interesting. Because the brand is the most powerful thing you have, and the reason it's the most powerful thing you have is because the most powerful marketing on the planet is word-of-mouth marketing, dark social, all this buzzword bingo now. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you said, hey, Jari, this is cool, I'm going to be like, well, Chuck says it's cool. I'm going to let, no, that's not tracked anywhere. I mean, yeah. Right. I could ask you, oh, why did you buy? Oh, Chuck told me about it, right? So their premise is be top of mind, brand aligned with the hot, with values that matter, like solve a problem, whatever, and just make sure that you just crush that. See, I think for, if you're a bigger company that would really apply. Yeah. If you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur, that's going to be really hard to build a big giant brand to compete with the bigger companies. But on the flip side of that, there's an, you're basically building brand awareness by having good content out there. Right. Because if you're, if you do a search and there's, you know, there's certain ways that you can be found better by using the power of a bigger search engine, let's say YouTube, second biggest search engine in the world owned by the first number one search engine in the world, Google. And by doing different content strategies, you can actually build, basically accomplish some of that branding. And the reason I bring this up is because I know I hear this a lot from an entrepreneur, you know, that's a smaller business. I'm not that big company. That, that doesn't apply to me, but it does to a point. You're right. You're not going to build up this giant brand. Like I'm just, I'm Chuck Chiodo. I'm, I'm not, you know, a big giant, no, no rust corporation, but that's okay. Um, but it, when someone looks you up or your company, number one, your company has to show up. That's local SEO part. And then you need to have some content out there. You know, with my model, I've been mainly, the majority of my business actually comes from other 
marketing agencies uh, and I kind of white label my service and do the consulting. So, but now I'm, I'm focusing a lot more on um, my building my own brand out there, but it's just the way your model works. So the reason I bring that up is it depends on what your model is and how you are, but in any, in any event, whether you're a solopreneur, whether you're a bigger corporation, mid-sized corporation, you need to have stuff out there that people can see for credibility. Totally. Totally. Right? I mean, yeah. it's funny. I, I interviewed this guy named uh, Roger Wakefield. He's uh, the expert plumber. He's a plumber. Yeah. Been a plumber okay. for 40 years. Wow. He's got the number one YouTube channel for plumbing. Wow. Okay. 900,000 followers or subscribers. Some create, or maybe it's four. It's, it's a big, it's 400,000. So it's a lot, right? For plumbing, yeah. right? He's like, Jari, you know, I'm a high school graduate. I just love plumbing, didn't need to go to college. And I built my business because I was just curious. And the one thing that I just, you know, want to tell people is like, look, anyone can do this. And it's all about building that awareness. Because his the reason why he wanted, he started doing YouTube is he wanted for his plumbing. And his plumbing business was in Texas. Some like, I don't know exactly where in Texas, but, you know, local plumbing company. Yeah. And he's building content on YouTube. So if someone ever looked up, you know, his plumbing company, his name or where he was in Texas, he'd right. show up, right? <clears throat> and he even went so far as to like show people how to fix it. And people wow. are like, you're crazy. Why would you do? You're just giving away all your secrets. He's like, look, it's like, I want to educate people on what's important mm -hmm. in plumbing. And if I show you how I'm going to fix it and I'm credible... You're not going to fix it. I mean, you may. You're, 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 well, they'll try and see actually how hard, how it, hard is, it is and then right? want to hire you, right? Yeah. And so he, he's been doing this for the last four or five years, some some crazy <laughs> number like that, you know? And now his his bigger goal, like very noble goal. Um, I don't know if you, you probably, I don't know, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but there's like a huge gap in the trades. It's probably like yeah. 1.5 million open trade jobs in the U.S. Just it's amazing. No one goes into the trades, right? Um, and you, you primarily because people have been sold the bill of goods. You got to go to college, and well, you know you got trillion dollars in student debt, and you have people that are like really not using their degree. I mean, it, it's a rat. Yeah. And they remove some of the that training, you know, the wood shop and metal shop and all that. A lot of high schools yeah. don't offer that anymore. When yeah. we when we were in high school, that was standard. I had to take it, had to take yeah. wood shop, had to take metal shop. Like yeah. I loved it. And I was like, yeah. you know, I mean, even as now as an adult, like I'll, I took a welding class, like this place. I'm like, Oh, I got to go to you know, living through table. Like, right. Right. I sit at the desk all day. Like I got to, you know, I'm one, it's like chopping wood. Like got to feel like yeah. a man. <laughs> Can actually physically do yeah. something that I saved right. myself. Right. 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 Um, but his, his noble goal is, you know, he wants to get more people in the trades. He wants to help trades people build their business and using social media like and the message is just crystal clear and the brand is strong like it's it's you know i don't know how much how many ads he even does i just think he just said like and you look <clears throat> at the guy he looks i mean he's a big right. guy bald head like the mm -hmm. biker he's the greatest guy and he's like yeah. that's what he's building his brand to do. that's amazing that's so unique for yeah. that industry like yeah. not a lot of people do that but he gets it because here's two things I would like to add. A lot of people are really scared about teaching what, what their stuff is. The reality is, I mean, that's the whole premise for five-day challenges, right? Um, so Mike, our friend, our mutual friend, yeah. I actually am in a group with him for um, someone who just has really mastered that. 
And the idea is that you're going to teach people a framework or a system or a, for a certain solution. And you're giving them good, actionable information. So others that maybe don't get it might ask, well, why are you teaching that? That's, that's your stuff. It's like, because I know darn well that when they see what's really involved with it, they're just going to, most of the time, just get, can you just do it for me? But they're going to appreciate what you're doing, like in this case, plumbing or if it's marketing, whatever it is, you're going to have a better appreciation for what's involved because now they're actually educated in what it takes. Because a lot of times they think, oh yeah, you just throw up an ad, you just boost the post on Facebook and you're done. Wrong. (laughs) Not happening. But until you educate them to a point where the appreciation, so there's something to be said for what he's doing. The other thing is you mind if I throw a little strategy in here for, um, because it's, I know a lot of uh, your audience entrepreneurs, when you're doing posts and creating content like that, why would you not have a call to action? And what I mean is, maybe it's to use a, it's a lead magnet, but in plain English, basically it's something of a high perceived value. It could be a resource, a guide, a cheat sheet, a checklist, something, something that that audience will say, I want that. And they're willing to give you their name and their email, let's say for it in return. So on YouTube shorts or reels in, in your thing, always have a link to some sort of a resource. If you're putting the content anyway, you're not going to piss people off because you just gave them value in, well, if you did it right, you gave them value in that, in your content. And then you just, Hey, by the way, if you're interested, here you go. Because a list is one of your most valuable assets. And I know, well, you've heard of this. You can have a huge hundred thousand followers on Instagram and Meta can just take it away. Well, the algorithm says you did something wrong, even though you didn't. And you're screwed. I mean, so, there's so there's stories like that all the time. All the time. So what, what you should be striving to do on an ongoing basis is convert those followers into a list, into data that you own and control. So by doing these lead magnets that I just uh, uh, mentioned, we're building a list, a very valuable list that now we can communicate with them on multiple channels. So the real strategy that I want people to take from this is when you're putting content out there, let's say you're doing content every single day, well, then once a week, one day a week, you do an offer. And it's not to buy your stuff. It's an offer for something that's free, but high perceived value, add them to the list. Then you can continue to market to them and eventually get them to an event or buy your stuff or whatever, right? You got to build a relationship first. And that's another mistake people make in marketing. They go straight to the kill. Um, It's like me walking up to you. uh, We were at a... uh, you've had this happen to you. You're at a network, a business network meeting, let's say, and someone walks up to you and basically shakes your hand and say, hey, you want to buy my stuff? It's like, I've never met you before. I don't even know who you are or what you you do. What are you talking about? Or, you know, the ones that are just constantly handing out cards and then they just walk away. There's no conversation. You got to build a relationship. doesn't matter what your product or service is. So these are all different ways that you can kind of tie in and it, it, ties into every framework and, you know, and I'm sure you do similar stuff. Oh yeah. My whole story driven frameworks, the same thing. I have this thing called, uh, I'm just starting to work on it called story driven nurturing, where hmm. you sort of go through the, the story arc of how you nurture prospects, customers, yeah. and then advocates, you know, the whole, it's the yeah. standard sort of, I mean, most of this stuff's, I wouldn't say it's all the same, but it's just like a different lens on hmm. fundamentals, right? Like right. Claude Hopkins fundamentals 150 years ago was yep. like keen in who was who's which ad was working it's the first a b testing on the planet because yep. he knew yep something's going to resonate he doesn't know he honestly didn't know so he's like right let's code these things i mean it's a whole thing it's like crazy isn't it amazing how a lot of the sales psychology part is 
doesn't matter. It could be a hundred years ago. It still holds true. Like specific techniques or tactics, they, they may change, but the principles of marketing and sales or, or the sales psychology, they hold true because people are people. Well, and I mean, it, it all comes down or the genesis of it was Aristotle and his rhetorical triangle. Like fundamentally every single sales system persuasion, because again, what's, 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 what's sales and marketing? It's persuasion through storytelling. That's literally the whole, yeah. like my whole job is to persuade you to do something. Mm -hmm. Click, sign up, buy, right. advocate, whatever, right? Yeah, Aristotle's yeah. rhetorical triangle, his, his whole thing was the, the pathos, the emotion, right? Like yep. emotion, the logos, the logical progression, and the ethos, the credibility. That's like every single, you break it down and everything. And even yeah. stories, when you talk about persuasion, this is, this is, this is like the, one of the foundations of kind of what I do. When it comes to persuasion, to your point, right? You talked about emotion. The emotional appeal should be the first and foremost hook. Every hook has to be emotional or no one gives a shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. That's right. Yeah. And, and once you hook them in, then you've got permission for a very short period of time to take them through the problem that you solve. And then, you know, this is why I'm credible to solve your problem. That's last. Mm -hmm. Always last. You were always yeah. last, quote unquote right. last. Right. Exactly. You know, even, um, even politicians, right? The, the, the best politicians are problem, solution, why I can solve it. Like my credibility. Yep. Here's the problem. Like here's the problem. Here's what how I'm going to solve it, and this is why you should trust me to solve. That's it. Right. Yeah. Every like fundamental, and that all goes back to Aristotle. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting that and again I I struggle. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's ego, like you mentioned before. Like white people don't pick up on this. It's maybe it's ego. Maybe it's like they don't want to get fired because you know no one got fired for buying IBM or no one got fired for buying Salesforce. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> like the thought is just not there. In in a in a bigger company, when they have an internal marketing person, a lot of time is they feel like you're stepping on their toes, but in, in actuality, it's their insecurity because they feel like, oh, I should have known that, or they're going to think less of me because I, I didn't know that. And this person brought it up and there's that threat, even though they know it's correct. And I found that you really have to come kind of make in a bigger company, especially make them your ally and uh, your champion. And the way I do that is I just like flat out, first of all, I'll say, look, I'm not looking to replace, replace you or take over or whatever. I'm here to make you look good and have better results. At the end of the day, you're judged on this. So if we work together as a team, we can increase the results and then you'll look like the hero. And you kind of tap into that a little bit. Otherwise, I've had, I've just been, um, how do I say, sabotaged um, once or twice by someone who is a director of digital marketing yet didn't even know how Zapier worked or how the um, Facebook business manager worked or basic, basic principles. Don't know how they got the job, but, um, they were looking real anyway, just, you have to be very careful about that. And that's one of the things I think with bigger companies or even doesn't have to be a huge company as an internal marketing person, as a consultant, I need to be really careful and aware of that. I've had the same experience. And I, my, my boss at my company now, he has the best line for this. He's like, Jari, we're in the hero making business. There you go. And so make yeah. them the hero. Yeah. It's not about you. There's no, like you're, you're, yes, I'm the high powered, high, you know, I'm the hired gun. Like that's my job. Yeah. Yeah. But make them the hero. And, and if you don't, you, this is going to be really tough. And to your point, you're right. It's like you get, 
a huge spectrum of different people with different types of marketing skills. I mean, I'm not even a trained quote unquote marketer, right? I mean, I've got an MBA. Okay. That doesn't mean much, but I'm not a trained, like no one, I, I learned this by, through my wife, my late wife, Jane, and then just doing it, but also right. curiosity and, and taking mm -hmm. the classes like, you know, like I love, I love taking classes and just learning as much as I can right. to synthesize. But fundamentally, it's, for me, it's rooted in the scientific method. Like I, like everything I do is like, okay, what's my hypothesis? How am I going to prove it? What do I need to do? What's the experiment I need to run? Because I know deep in my soul, <laughs> like yeah. no one knows everything, right? Like anyone that says that they, that they like, they know the answer, like marketing doesn't exist, especially is so like random number generator. What the hell happened? How did that even work? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, I'm glad I thought of it, but I don't know why it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, well, one of the things that we talked about a little bit before is that you have these like virtual marketing collabs, like almost weekly where people get together and talk about these things. And I'm curious, you know, what, what, what prompted you, what motivated you to do that? I mean, sounds like a good idea. You know, it's like peer support is always good. Like it is, this, this can be a lonely job, especially if you're in a, in a silo or, what I've found is that a lot of folks outside of marketing don't understand what marketing is or what they right. do. And they're like, why do we need these people? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. I don't yeah. know. Why do you need your accountant? You know? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really, as I mentioned earlier, my favorite part of this is coaching consulting. And I used to help run a, um, a mastermind prior to COVID. And it was specifically for digital marketers at that time. But you know, the, the premise of a basic mastermind is you have a give it and ask and, and you present a solution. And the big benefit is you get the feedback from your peers. And then, of course, the host would usually have some expertise. And there's another gentleman in um, that same group. Um, I'm in with Mike and he has a he has a model that is that I kind of took from um, that is this mini format. So it's a two hour. There's no selling, no pitching of anything. And what I focus on is the virtual marketing collaborative. And I call it that because we are actually collaborating and we really address um, common issues related to marketing and new client acquisition. So who doesn't need that, right? And it's really geared towards- No, I don't need any new leads. Nah, no, no. I, I'm good on that today. I'm yeah. good. I, I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm all full up on leads. There it's you like go. No one ever. <laughs> right. And, I, and this really focus on entrepreneurs uh, for this. And so it's a two hours and we there's three different parts of it. And we focus on a common challenge, like, you know, I'll, we'll just go with something we've been saying, you know, when it comes to um, your marketing strategy and generating new opportunities, where do you see yourself getting stuck right now? And we go into breakout rooms and of groups of three. And the beauty of this is that they get the feedback from their peers. And you and I both know, no, no one has the corner on good ideas and nobody is an expert in everything. And you don't even have to be an expert in what this is, but you might've had an experience of the same challenge. And you go, you know what? I experienced this last year. And here's what we did and what we did. So we got, we, we're getting some valuable experience from other people. And then when they come back, I give them some, I, here's why I changed the model up a little bit. I give them some individual coaching and some, you know, based on my 20 something years of uh, experience uh, with marketing. And so they get this great feedback without the pressure of any kind of sales pitch or anything like that. And so it, it creates a safe environment for people to kind of let their guard down a little bit and share, uh, which is great. And it's so rewarding. We just kind of do some exercises through there and um, I really enjoy it. And then afterwards, you know, I can have a conversation with them and, you know, and say, hey, look, 
you said you were challenging with this, this, and this, and maybe we're having something, another event or training event, or like we, we run a five-day challenge on offers and messaging. And I can invite them to that. But it's the biggest thing there is I've got two hours with people to initiate that relationship, right? Because a lot of times we'll have some repeat, but a lot of times it's new people. And so what better way to create a relationship with providing just value with no ask? Yeah, like Mike, our friend Mike. Exactly. He's such a giver and connector. Yeah, Yeah. he's like, I've made more money giving stuff away than ever made asking for it. Absolutely. (laughs) But it's true. It's a different mentality, right? It's it's an abundance mentality instead of scarcity mentality. And it's just really providing value in... Once again, whether you're doing it in like with conversation face to face or it's in your marketing materials, don't be afraid to give value and create that human touch and create the relationship and then nurture it. Then you'll end up with way more sales, way more clients, whatever the goal and goal is by doing that versus just the, the what's in it for me from your standpoint. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, the thing that's really missing, like, in, especially in B2B marketing is the the more personal kind of emotion, maybe is not the right word, but the the humanity of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's what I normally, my, my day job, right? So yep. we, we always try to inject a little more humanity, a little more passion in, into it. You know, and we deal with really big companies. Most of them are private equity mm. put together. So they've got all this disparate things and, you know, they've been successful, like it's a must have tool or blah, whatever. But they just, it kind of gets lost sometimes, the humanity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Because you know, they, they do do good stuff. I mean, right. they're making, some of them are billion dollar companies. But it's just so easy to lose the humanity in it when it's, so it's, it's harder to be emotional or sorry, authentic, I think, because that I think leads to vulnerability. So, and vulnerability is perceived as bad. Yeah, yeah. And I think you made the point about the ego and like, oh, I know everything. What you know, like you know, you you, yeah. you and I have a similar situation or have similar experience where if someone sabotaged our idea. You're like, what? The, you just paid us a lot of money. Yeah, for me to help you, mm-hmm. and right. yet. Wait, did we just piss it all away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's like, like, why did we start this? Here? Yeah. Like, what? 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 You know? And so, even on my end, and, and I'm bad at this, just like, I have to work on this. My ego gets involved too when I'm kind of like, well, I'm the one who came up with the damn idea. Like, but, but I, but I'm working on like, oh, well, collaborative really, it's, it's, it's putting humanity back into it. And, you know, again, try, trying to, and I think it, boils down to like, what's the connection? Like people do business with people they connect with. Even if there's 10 people you need to connect with in order to get your buying team to pay a million dollars for some tool. Mm-hmm. Like that's an emotional decision. It's rational, but it's also emotional. If you've got the difference between two options that are similar, the one that evoked the more positive emotion, you're going to buy. Like I well, you're yeah. going to fight well, for it. You but don't that, even know it, right? But that's the thing they miss is instead of using this, I'll use my term, the corporate babble stuff, the corporate terms, you're still dealing with people. They're still individuals. And yeah, I get you don't want to make your company perceived as vulnerable or weak or whatever. However, guess what? Your solution, if it really takes care of a need or a pain, 
those people have like, I'll use the same words I used when we first started talking. They have frustration. They have concern. They're overwhelmed. And I'll give you a perfect example. One of my corporate clients, they have a, they're really good data consulting company. They deal with fortune 100 companies and they weren't using any of this. And they were wondering why neither market materials generate anything. Um, but we ended up in there like, um, it was one there's data side and then there's a cloud migration and cloud solutions. So we were talking about this as like, wait a second, you're talking about data architects, you're talking about engineers and things. Do you think they're frustrated about this or they're concerned about the security breach or whatever? Why don't we identify that in the copy, in the document? Yeah. Because they had all their technical parts. I mean, it was great, but in different sections, we pose in big, bold letters the question, are you concerned about this? Are you frustrated about this? If so, here's a, an assessment that we can do. And it was leading to a, like a tool. That's just a, one example. We're still tapping into the emotional aspect of it. But you have to just identify who is your ideal client and what are the things they're going through, because then you're still positioning yourself as a position of strength, but you're identifying in a way that you can actually connect because most of the corporate marketing materials out there are horrible, as you know, <laughs> they're just horrible. They don't create any, any need or they don't address anything. It's like, eh, okay, whatever. Well, yeah, it's like vanilla. My boss calls it pedestrian, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, yeah. feature, 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 feature. Exactly. He, he just, he usually, and it's true. It's like me, 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 not you, 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 you. Right, right. So even injecting, even if you just looked at your copy and put more you in there, like you being not like me, the company, but you right. potentially, yeah, the that immediately yeah. puts that mindset towards solving the problem for the potential customer. Yeah, remember, it's the what's in it for me. So it's like, if you're going to list a feature, you better put the benefit right after or, or in somewhere in there, you know, so why why should I care? And they, they just seem to miss a lot of that. Yeah, maybe it is fear. I should do a, I should do an informal study on this. Just like, casually like maybe yeah. there's i don't because I, I run into it so much it, and i know to you and i it's obvious like i could read like their stuff and i'd be like i don't care yeah and then a lot of times like well you don't understand what we do right mm -hmm. and i love this question because this question is just this is where my ego just amps up to about a billion because <laughs> i get upset that people are like thinking that well not that they think i'm dumb don't get me wrong but that like the condescending nature of this is too complex to explain. Right. Yeah. That's a bad thing to have. Mm -hmm. Full stop, right? So attend to get a little agitated about this. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's where all the, that's when I start like, you know, slinging engineering stuff. And then they're like, their eyes get big. They go, oh, oh I guess you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. Like, mm -hmm. really going to bullshit me? Right, Let's go. Right. Come on. Yeah. Like, bring it on. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, it's like you're fighting a, a one-armed so blind man. Like, I, yeah. I, you have no, this is not going to end well for you. Right. <laughs> it's not my first rodeo not here. Not my first rodeo, son, yeah. for sure. Anyway, that's great. Well, Chuck, man, thanks for being on the show. This is so, it's so great to meet someone in a similar, you know, position. Just, just, just good to chat, you know, like this. Yeah. Sometimes it could be lonely, you know, when you, when you and, and I think entrepreneurs should, should realize this too, right? Like, this is not easy stuff. It's, right. it's hard. You have to break through a lot of barriers. You really do have to differentiate yourself because there's a ton of noise. Chat GPT and AI are going to make even more noise. Absolutely. It's going to be even more important that you're unique and special. Yeah. And that you have a true point of view and a true voice that matters. 
Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. This was great. I really love your format. Just having a conversation. Um, but it's really, it is really enjoyable to have a conversation with someone that kind of gets it and share things because, you know, you said some things like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do that or I'm going to keep that in mind next time. And it's just, you know, you share ideas. It's, there's, there's always different ways to look at things. And as you're open-minded, you learn a lot and you can improve everything that you do. So I really enjoyed this. I appreciate you having me over here on today. Yeah, anytime. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.